This week's episode of Life Planning 101 originally aired in 2015. Please enjoy. Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more, all covered now on Life Planning 101. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our program, Life Planning 101. Angela Robinson, our expert and special guest. I'm Stace Gaddy. She's from Kennedy Financial Services right here in Eastland, and this is a fantastic program. I love this segment. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Stace, and uh, very happy to be here on this beautiful fall morning that we're having. I love fall. I'm just in such a good mood. You mentioned that last week. I did. Do you like fall? I do. I love the fall. So, um, But we do. We have a great show this morning. I was actually at a conference about, what was it, about three weeks ago in Baltimore, and uh, there was a speaker there, and uh, he had they their company had done a bunch of sh- research through Limra. One of the things that really struck me, and, and you have to realize, see, in our business, we really don't consider ourselves uh, insurance salesmen, even though we sell insurance. The reason why is because, you know, we use it more as a tool. We aren't out there promoting, okay, Stace, you know, buy a $100,000 life insurance policy, or, you know, you need to buy long-term care it's or whatever. It's not about commissions for you. That's right, because really the way our business is built, and, and to be honest with you, if we lost all of our insurance commissions today, it wouldn't make a dent in our income. So that that just goes to show, I mean, we're really not about insurance. But the the conference, one, th- one of the things that, that really struck me very, very, very hard was the amount of people that are underinsured in our country. And, you know, why is that really important? Well, you know, my dad, he's always said, there's only one reason you buy life insurance. And it's because you love somebody. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? So, you know, for us to be underinsured, um, you know, that's a big thing. And, and just to let you know, I don't know how many households are in the USA. I should have looked up that statistic. But 73 million of them are underinsured. Wow. 73 million. There's, and they're underinsured by, get this number, you think our debt is really high in this country, $16.5 trillion. Really? Yes. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that astonishing? And I would think that Texas, being a big state with a lot of population, that the ratio there, we, we have a lot of those here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and here's the deal is, is people, I think we always have this thing in our head, it won't happen to me. And then aren't we right. always shocked in our little small town when something does really happen? And it just brings things home. And and here's the here's the even the even more interesting part to this because we just talked about the reason you buy life insurance is because you love someone, right? Well, thirty percent of Americans say that they need more life insurance. Isn't that crazy? And they don't have it. Thirty percent of Americans so say they're aware of it. Yeah, they're aware of it. But get this: one in four wish that their spouse had more life insurance. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, yeah, it does. If you die, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you die, I'll be fine, yeah. But, you know, I mean, when you think of it from that perspective, you know, is it worth taking a second look at your needs analysis of what, what you need for your family? And I think it really is, you know. And maybe even a good question is, is when you go home tonight, ask your spouse, hey, do you think I have enough life insurance? 
if the answer is no, no. <laughs> then then we may need to be able to revisit the the situation. Why are you asking? Yeah, that's, dear. that's right. <laughs> that's right. So I promise I'm not putting anything yeah. in your food. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, we're gonna go through today, and because of these statistics, and because of what I heard, you know, and and, and it be such an eye opener. I thought, you know, like you said, Stace, we have a a grand population in our state, and we have a lot of people here. I don't know that they are educated enough, and I bet you every insurance salesman in town is going to love me today because <laughs> I'm going to sit here and tell you about the common myths about life insurance okay. and really how to debunk those, so to speak, and how to overcome you know the things that you don't necessarily know or things that maybe scare you about life insurance or the things that have maybe kept you from buying life insurance. And I think first of all is, um, is this. This was in that same study. 46% of us think it's too expensive. Well, okay. well, that right off the top is a reason not to want to buy it. The interesting thing is it's not. It's it's really, and, and, it, and you know, the funny, I, I say that it's not. If you're healthy, it's not. And even if you're not healthy, sometimes you'd be surprised. And, and just to let you know, we're actually working on a situation right now. We were handed over um, a group of guys that have a, a business agreement between them, and we're assessing their insurance. And what we found is that they're overpaying for their insurance by about two and a half times. So yeah, to them, it seems really expensive, I'm sure, you know, but once they figure out what it really should cost, you know, that's, that's an amazing thing. So I think it's really important to know that not all insurance is the same, and you have to look at it from that perspective. So what we're going to go over today is we're going to talk about the myth of I can always get more, because that's always a reason maybe people procrastinate. All life insurance policies are the same, which we kind of talked about that. My wife and my kids don't need insurance, and I need to buy term insurance and invest the difference, and last but not least, how much is enough insurance? Fantastic. You're listening to Life Planning 101 with Angela Robinson. Keep it right here. We'll take a short break, check in with our fantabulous sponsors. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back, folks, to Life Planning 101. I'm Stace Gaddy, our expert, as usual, from Kennedy Financial Services here in Eastland, Angela Robinson. We're talking about the five myths of life insurance today. That's right. And, uh, you know, life insurance is such something, we were just talking about this in the break, nobody wants to talk about it. And I think the biggest deal is, is they think, oh, it'll never happen to me. And, and you asked a good question, Stace, which I hadn't thought of. But, you know, some people may think that if they take it, you know, they may have a you know that it jinxes them or something and and or, or facing reality or, yeah you, you know you just kind of avoid thinking about something might happen to me that's right you know and I always laugh because we always get along very well with people that run funeral homes and uh, doctors because I guess we do have that sick personality that we talk about death a lot <laughs> you know, in our business Great. but but really you know I mean it's a really plan you have to talk about the end we have to begin with the end in mind and if something were to happen to you today, what would happen to your family? What happened to your spouse? You know, I always ask people, do you have your retirement insured? You know, are, are they set up? Or are they going to have to go back to work? Are they going to be forced into a situation that they, they might not want to be forced into? So I think those are really big. So we're going to go through these myths, and we're going to talk about them one by one. And I want to start with something that we were actually talking a, bit, a little bit about in the break, and it was, um, I can always get more. 
And I think a lot of people, uh, they, they assume that, well, I don't have to get it right now. We kind of just put it off. It's one of those things you think about, but then you, you think, oh, well, I'll deal with it later. Why? Well, I, I want to put some uh, stats in your head again. One in two American men, okay, so this is 50% of men, will develop cancer in their lifetime. One in three American women will. So that's 33%. 1.7 million Americans are diagnosed with diabetes each year. And every, get this, every 43 seconds, a person in our country has a heart attack. Wow. Right? So if you can, if you all, if you think you can sobering. always, yeah, it is sobering. And if you think you can always get more, you might want to think again, because those might not all be death threats, but they could sure stop you from getting any more life insurance. And, you know, one of the things is, is we work with a lot of retirees. Okay. We work with people that are nearing retirement, you know, in their fifties to sixties. So they've been married all the way up to when they're in their eighties. And we've seen people married 70 years. And when people are married that long, I will promise you one thing. They don't love each other any less than the day that they got married. Mm -hmm. And if you think about life insurance from that respect, it brings a whole new facet to mind, I think. You know, so I can always get more is a big myth. Don't put it on the back burner. It's something you need to think about. Another thing is all life insurance policies are the same, okay? And here's where the agents in town may not like what I have to say because I think a lot of life insurance agents uh, sell life insurance based on price. You know, we're all in a price game, right? We want to find the cheapest insurance. We think about that with our auto and our home and everything else. But here's the deal. You know, not only is there a difference between owning a policy and renting a policy, you know, permanent and term policies, there's also a difference just in a term policy alone. And, And there's several differences in permanent policies, but let me talk about term policies. Let me give you a, a, a story, and this is one of our clients. This actually happened to, to him. Um, he came to us. He was about 63 years old, uninsurable. Um, he, was, he was real ill, and by the time he was about 64 and a half, he ended up becoming terminally ill. The doctor said, you've probably got a little over a year left uh, to be able to live. Well, he had a $2 million life insurance policy, and it was a term policy. Uh, do you think he wanted to see that lapse at that time? No. No. He wanted to make sure his family got it. He had had it there uh, to replace income. You know, with a, they had built a nice nest egg, and, you know, his wife may have been okay without it, but he wanted to make sure that that was there. So, you know, time came. We were going to end up converting the policy into a permanent policy, and guess what? The policy he bought didn't have a conversion option on it. Wow. Well, why did he buy it? It's probably the cheapest thing cheapest out there. Cheapest one. Right. So, you know, the question is not all, it's not always about the answers, right? It's about the questions. And sometimes we don't know the right questions to ask. So, and I think that's really important when it comes to insurance. My dad always says insurance is like a piece of Swiss cheese. There's lots and lots of holes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, very true. And just like many, you know, many other aspects of your life, I think, you know, with life insurance, whenever you're working with someone to get life insurance, you need to be willing to tell them your whole story. You know, you need to be willing to let them know exactly what's going on inside your life. Because if you don't, then you're probably going to end up like this gentleman that ended up with the wrong type of policy. And here he is on his deathbed and he's not able uh, to convert a $2 million policy. We had another lady, um, and actually her son was a client of ours, and she was 94 years old. His mom was 94 and she was on hospice. And we brought they brought us this life insurance policy. It was a million dollar life insurance policy just to look over because we said, well, we want to look at it because it's a permanent policy. And you know, we, one question we always ask our clients is, have you 
reviewed that policy, 99% of them don't because agents don't review them because they get paid a commission to sell you insurance. So they don't have a reason to come behind and do and to, to follow up with that. So this policy hadn't been reviewed. Uh, we looked at it. They had put over a million dollars into the policy and premiums, and it was going to be lapsing in the next 45 days. So, you know, we saved it. We were able to save it. Here she was on hospice, uh, but it took an arm and a leg to do it. Uh, but they didn't want to see all that money gone, you know, which is a big thing. So, again, not all life insurance is the same, and you have to review them annually, okay? Even once you have them, you don't, annually. Yeah, you don't have it, and you don't just sit it and put it aside. You've got to have it looked at every single year, and not just the statement, but the guts of it. So when we come back, we're going to talk about three other myths, So make sure you're listening in closely. Very good. You're listening to Life Planning 101. We'll take a step aside to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back after these messages. Good morning again. Time for our third and final segment this morning. Yes, Stace. And uh, again, we're talking about life insurance and, you know, uh, the fact that we've got a, you know, 73 million households that are underinsured in the United States and one in four spouses say they wish their spouse had more life insurance. So why don't we have it? So we're going through kind of the myths about life insurance and really what, you know, the deep dive of what you need to know before you really are out there looking at a policy or if you have policies right now, which you need to know about them as well. You know, and one of the other myths that, that that I want to get to. We've, of course, we've already talked about I can always get more, which we know isn't true, and that all life insurance policies are the same, and they aren't. One of the other things is a lot of people say, well, I'm the breadwinner, so I'm the one that needs a life insurance. My wife and kids don't need life insurance. And I often think about, especially, especially men, okay, if you're the breadwinner and something happens to your spouse, but you've got kids at home, what are you going to do? How, who's going to take care of your kids? How is that going to work? You know, and I often think that's a forgotten piece of the puzzle is to make sure that there's money there to hire somebody, whether it be a full-time nanny in-house, if that's what your kids need um, emotionally and you need uh, for physical reasons and things like that. Um, but, you know, also, you know, who's going to take care of the laundry? Who's going to go shopping? Who's going to clean the house? What What's all that going to take place? So it's not always just the breadwinner that needs it. And then blatantly, which just in here a little earlier and we were talking about kids needing life insurance and I think that's a really big misconception and I'll just tell you about a a lady that um, we knew and you know she had she was 29 years old she was able to have a a baby girl she probably wasn't going to be able to have any more but she had been the breadwinner of their family and still was the problem was is that she um, at a very young age was diagnosed with both Crohn's and MS and after she had the baby her two kidneys, she had a 0% function in one and a 10% function in the other one. Well, had she not had any insurance, guess what? Her family would have been out of luck. Mm-hmm. The good news is she actually had insurance at a very young age. Her, her mom was a very smart mom. <laughs> it took out about a $100,000 policy on her. It was a whole life policy. So at that time, it had grown. Um, so the death benefit was even bigger, which was good. And it wasn't it wasn't a huge amount, but it was enough that was going to be able to help put her, her daughter through college if something were to ever happen. So I think that's, you know, really important to know that just because it's your kids, think about the fact of what could happen in their life that would make them uninsurable and buying it when they're young is so inexpensive it's a good plan to have so another one that we always get is i need to buy term and invest the difference okay okay and i 
this is a big one because, you know, I see articles, headlines on this all the time. And you know us, we talk about everyone's situation, their family dynamics, uh, their goals, their dreams about the future. Everything about them is different from their next door neighbor. So I don't think there's a cookie cutter for this. Permanent life insurance can be a wonderful tool. Like I mentioned, we work with a lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s, and we sell life insurance to them. Do you think that's to replace income? No. No, it's not to replace income. It may be to supplement retirement income because we're trying to diversify tax-wise. It could be to pay estate taxes. Um, it could be to equalize inheritances among children if you know, you've got one that's in business with you and one that's not. There's all kinds of tools that it's useful for. So, you know, I don't think there is a cookie cutter to say buy term and invest the difference or buy permanent um, all your insurance there because you really need to have that looked at because there's a, there's a lot of caveats that go along with that. And I've saved the, le- ba- uh, the best myth for last. Um, and this is about how much we need, okay? Because I think a, pe- a lot of people say, well, I only need a couple hundred thousand or half a million or a million. Well, I'm going to bet that most of our listeners, a million dollars of insurance is not enough. I know that sounds crazy, but I was actually at the high school last week. I was invited in to do a little class for the kids, and we were talking about investing and mm-hmm. talking about how much they needed to retire. And you know how we talked about in the beginning of the show that most people, when they buy life insurance, they you know have this in their heart that they want their family to be completely taken care of, pay for their kids' college, you know, help them if they never have to go back to work. That's great, whatever that is. So. I want you to think about as a retiree, if you were retiring with a million dollars today, do you know how much you could take off of that to live on every year and not fear running out of money? No. Okay. About 40000 a year. Really? That's it. A million dollars. So is a million dollars really that much? Not all, all told, no. No, no, it's not. You know, so, you know, a lot of people just have this in their head that I've got a couple hundred thousand of life insurance. I'm sorry, that's not going to get you very far at all. We have what we call a 4% rule, and it's just simply because this. If you can invest your money at 8% over the long haul, I'm talking a 20- or 30-year period, and inflation is about 4%. Remember, that's a little thief of our money that every, you know, every year the cost of living goes up, the food at the grocery store costs more, or the gas station costs more. So if that's going up by 4% a year and you make 8% on your money, you have 8 minus 4, what's left? 4. 4. So 4% of a million dollars is $40,000 a year. And that's if you're making 8%. That's if you're making 8%. A lot of people are more conservative than that. Mm-hmm. So, And we have a lady. We actually have a lady that's retired, and she's very conservative. Um, so her expected returns are about 6%. So she can only pull 2% off of her portfolio. She got the 2% rule. That's She got the 2% rule. That's exactly right. So, you know, when we think about a million dollars being enough, you may want to think again. And, you know, I want to go back to that 46 percent of people think it think it's too expensive i beg you to just try and see what a quote would look like because i think you'd be pleasantly surprised even if the majority of your insurance is term with the convertible option okay it's gonna be less expensive than what you think it's gonna be how much does the convertible option cost percentage wise because it sounds like what i've learned 
among other things today, you want the conversion. Right, right. You pay may be, for it. You may be looking at 10, 15%. So when, I mean, when you're looking at a, a policy that may cost you a hundred bucks a month or $50 a month, really, that's an extra $5 or $10 a month. Wow. Did you hear that folks? Yeah. That's worth it. So it's worth it. It's not where, and you want to look at the quality of the company too. So you got to look at all those facets. That's why I say it's just not a black and white picture. Um, we are going to do this because again, this was an astonishing thing for me to learn. And, and like I say, we're not in the business of necessarily just out there selling life insurance, but, um, I feel like it's kind of our duty to the community because we are educating the community with this show that we're going to do a needs analysis free of charge for anybody that wants to see how much life insurance that their family needs. Um, we're not going to offer it very long, but here's how you do it. You just email us, lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. We'll send you a little deal to fill out, and then it's a com- it's a, computer- a computerized deal. It's pretty easy. We can plug it in and send you back your numbers on what you need. And I think it would be a good analysis for everybody to see, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. Um, and we're, like I say, I, I think, you know, everybody needs to, you know, look at their situation and maybe go home and ask your spouse, <laughs> do I have enough Gently. life insurance? Gently. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't get any <laughs> ideas, honey. But yeah, but uh, I think it's really important to do. Um, with that, uh, thanks again. We, we really appreciate being a part of this community and we hope you find value in our shows every single week. Uh, and we hope that we're just able to uh, make one impression every week to help someone's life get better. Angela Robinson, everyone, we appreciate you and everyone at Kennedy Financial Services. I learn something every single segment, and I know everyone else does too, so thank you. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's it for Life Planning 101, this edition. Keep it tuned right here. Here's the nice announcer man to tell you more. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member Fenner SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.